सजाद असद सद असद आराम भष्टाराहम यदि तच्चा यो विशिष्य तस्सोम्या सोम्स्याहम Sat means effect, asat means cause, and param refers to the ultimate truth, which is transcendental to cause and effect. The cause of the creation is called the mahatatwa, or total material energy, and its effect is the creation itself. But neither cause nor effect existed in the beginning. They emanated from the supreme personality of Godhead, as did the energy of time. This is stated in the Vedanta Sutra, Janmadya Shagataha. The source of birth of the cosmic manifestation or Mahatattva is the personality of Godhead. This is confirmed throughout the Srimad Bhagavatam and Bhagavad Gita. In Bhagavad Gita, the Lord says, Aham Saravasya Prabhava, I am the fountainhead of all emanations. The material cosmos being temporary is sometimes manifest and sometimes unmanifest. But its energy emanates from the Supreme Absolute Lord. Before the creation, <clears throat> there is neither cause nor effect, but the Supreme Personality of God had existed with all His full opulence and energy. In the arguments of the atheists, they present that there can be no God because we cannot see Him, we cannot hear Him, we cannot touch Him. Why base such an important part of our direction in life on the basis of faith beyond our sense perception? So in the answer to such an argument, we must tell such people that, are you the spokesman for everyone throughout history? Because you do not see God, that means no one has seen God. If a person is blind because he cannot see, does that mean nobody can see? The fact is you can see God. And so many people of the past have seen God and their experiences throughout all the great religions, throughout history, in all times. The, the qualities of such people who have seen God, who have known God, who have loved God, who have realized God, they are all the same. They are compassionate, they are gentle, they are loving, they are self-controlled, they are peaceful, they are well-wishers of all living beings. Is it possible that such exalted attributes are only found in those people who believe in God? Is it possible that although religion has manifested itself in so many places and so many times, the symptoms of the people who have such religious realization is all the same? It is all common? Is that an accident? Or perhaps is there some possibility that there is a God? The definition of God, according to Vedanta Sutra, is Janmadhyashtayataha which means him from whom everything emanates. <clears throat> and as Srila Prabhupada would say, when people could say, would 
challenge him, can you prove to me there was a God? Prabhupada would say, do you have a father? Did he have a father? Did he have a father? Did he have a father? Every person that we find in this world has a father. So God is that ultimate father, the supreme father, the father of all fathers, the cause of all causes. So much we hear this word, sadhava karana karanam, the cause of all causes. Ishwara Paramakrishna Satchit Ananda Vigraha Anadira Dirgovinda Sarva Karana Karanam. Lord Brahma begins the Brahma Samhita by explaining that Krishna has an eternal body which is full of knowledge and full of bliss. And this Govinda is the cause of all causes. And similarly in, in the Gita, Krishna says, Bahunam Janmanam Ante Gyanavamam Bhavtet Vasudeva Samahatma Sudurava that those who have actually attained true knowledge, they understand that uh, they surrender to the Supreme Lord Vasudeva, knowing him to be the cause of all causes and all that is. And Janmadya Shayata Vedanta Sutra explains that God is the cause of all causes. This is the definition. He is the source of everything. So this is a very, very important evidence to establish the supremacy of God that he is the cause of all causes, that everything is emanating from him. And to understand this is the beginning of God-realization. To enter into the divine leelas of the Lord is something very high that comes through um, tremendous purification and awakening of bhakti. But at the beginning, we must have faith in the principle of a supreme being on the basis of this philosophical statement that he is the cause of all causes that everything is emanating from him and therefore in the Srimad Bhagavatam in the first of the nutshell verses um, Lord Sri Krishna is emphasizing prior to the cosmic creation only I exist and no phenomena exist either gross, subtle or primordial after creation, only I exist in everything, and after annihilation, only I remain eternally. So everything, God is the source of everything, and the atheist cannot possibly defeat this argument. It's undefeatable. The definition of God is the cause of all causes. As we were explaining before, does something come from something, or does something come from nothing? Nowhere in our experience is something coming from nothing. Therefore, it's logically inconsistent with all our present experiences to think in this way. But if something coming from something is perfectly in line with all of our experience in this world, so ultimately is everything coming from a supreme nothing or a supreme something? That supreme something is God, Janmajyashajata, the absolute truth. <coughs> and that cause of all causes is the source of everything. Therefore, everything is God. But at the same time, Krishna explains in the Gita, although I am everything, I am in everything, I am outside of everything, I am everything, still I remain separate. You see the difference? This verse very clearly explains the difference between the impersonal school of philosophy and the personal school of philosophy. 
to establish the principle of the existence of God, first we must establish that he is the cause of all causes, he is the source of everything, and actually there's nothing outside of God. He is within and without everything. So that means God is everything, and that is true. But then Krishna says, but at the same time, although I am within and without of everything, I remain separate. The example is the sun, that the sun's rays are radiating everywhere, and everything is within the sun rays, and the sun rays are within everything. But at the same time, the sun, the source, remains separate. This is what the Vaishnava Chayas have established, that the Lord has innumerable energies, variegated energies. And through his energy, he is manifesting himself as everything that exists in both the material and spiritual worlds. But he always remains separate in the sense that his personality is the source of all of these energies. After all, in order to surrender to God, we have to have a very, very deep faith and belief that there is a God. And so many people who follow religions they have a very sentimental, superstitious belief system, but they never really, truly, in their own minds and hearts, face the reality that there is a God. Huh? Superficially, yes, yes, I believe, I believe, yes, I go to the church, I go to the synagogue, I go to the temple. But that actual belief, that actual understanding, that actual faith is still very weak. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada used to tell us that religion without philosophy is simply sentiment or fanaticism. And philosophy without religion is mental speculation. There must be the harmony between the two in order for our devotion and our faith to be firmly founded on a strong foundation. So here, Krishna, before describing his beautiful leelas of Vrindavan, and before even describing most of the beautiful pastimes that he has with his devotees in the Bhagavatam, such as Dhruv Maharaj, Prahlad Maharaj, all these great souls, he's establishing the philosophical principle of how to understand him in the beginning that he is the cause of all causes, that he is the source of everything, that nothing exists outside of him. Therefore, first we must understand the greatness of God before we can enter into the Leela of God. In fact, in Vrindavan, there is no um, on-reverence for the Lord. All the relationships of the Brijbasis with Lord Sri Krishna, Sri Radhikarani, are those of intimate friendship, intimate loving servitude, intimate um, parental affection or conjugal love. The concept that Krishna is the cause of all causes, that he is a supreme being, that everything is within in him and without him, does not exist in the minds of the residents of Vrindavan. They are far beyond that. But in order to come to that state, first of all, we must realize the greatness of God.
when we understand the greatness of Krishna, then we can truly appreciate what he is doing. And that's the beginning stages of spiritual life. And then after complete purification and detachment from this material world and divine love awakens, then we forget all the greatness of God and we simply enter into this intimate loving affair with the Lord. So therefore it is very important. That is why Bhagavatam Krishna is beginning the, in, this, in this verse from the second canto, he's beginning by explaining how great he is. Once you understand how great you, I am, then you will understand my pastimes. Otherwise we take them to be ordinary. Krishna says, fools deride me when I come into this world. They do not know my, my supreme position, my supreme dominion over all the being, of all that exists. So we should not artificially just try to shed tears loving Krishna in his divine Leela but we should side by side understand the greatness of Krishna, the glory of Krishna, the wonder of Krishna. And we will not take his leela so cheaply. The word paschataham indicate that the Lord exists after the dissolution of the cosmic manifestation. When the material world is dissolved, the Lord still exists personally in the Vaikuntas. During the creation, the Lord also exists as he is in the Vaikuntas. <coughs> And he also exists as the super-soul within the material universes. This is confirmed in Brahma-samhita. Goloka eva nivasati. Although he is perfectly and eternally present in Goloka Vrindavan in Vaikuntha, he is nevertheless all-pervading akilatma bhuta. <coughs> the pervading feature of the Lord is called the super-soul. In Bhagavad Gita it is said, aham kritsnasya jagatapabha. The cosmic manifestation is a display of the energy of the Supreme Lord, the material elements, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and false ego, display the inferior energy of the Lord, and the living entities are his superior energy. Since the energy of the Lord is non-different from him, in fact, everything that exists is Krishna in his impersonal feature. Sunshine, sunlight, and heat are non-different from the sun, and yet simultaneously they are distinct energies of the sun. Similarly, the cosmic manifestation of the living and living entities are energies of the Lord, and they are considered to be simultaneously one with and different from Him. The Lord therefore says, I am everything, because everything is His energy and is therefore non-different from Him. Here the beauty of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's philosophical treatise of as chintya beta beta tattva, which is the fullest, richest understanding of the conclusion or siddhanta of the Vedas, that, <coughs> that everything that exists is simultaneously one and different than the Lord. This material energy, the inferior energy that we are seeing all around us, and the superior energy, the jivatma, the spirit soul. They are all energies of the Lord. And they are one with the Lord in, the, in that it is simply the expansion of God himself. But different than the Lord in that Krishna is the complete whole. The living entity is all his parts and parcels. 
like a sun ray to the sun. That is the difference between the Jivatma and Krishna. And the material energy also is nothing but Krishna. But at the same time it is different than Krishna. Um, in, the dif in the various stages of philosophical development here in India, we find that Shankar, he taught um, the philosophy of monism, that everything is one. There is no differentiation. Brahman is all in all. Brahma Satyam Jaganvitya. That there is only Brahman. Everything else is an illusion. And to see that you are God, I am God, the table is God, everything is God. To see anything separate from God is an illusion. Because God is everything and everything is God. And that is true. But it is only partially true. And Madhvacharya, he taught the Daita school of philosophy, which was to cre try to create a balance from the monistic school of Sripad Sankaracharya. And he taught that everything is different than God. Daita means everything is two, everything is dual. Monism means there's no duality, there's only the one. Daita means everything is dual. There's always a separation. And Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they were actually, according to the Gaudiya Vaishnavas, they were both simply preparing the road for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to come with the conclusion of all philosophy. Shankar taught monism, that everything is one. Madhvacharya taught Dvaita, that everything is separate, dual. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came, Achintya Veda Veda Tattva, that everything is simultaneously one and different. That we are, that everything, not only the Jivatma, that everything exists, is the energy of God, and there's no difference between the Lord and His energy. The energy is nothing but Krishna, the expansion of Krishna. But how wonderfully and inconceivably He expands Himself in such a way that He remains the object of affection, the object of love for all of his creation. Therefore, achintya veda veda Inconceivable means how everything is one with God, but at the same time different from God, is inconceivable to the mind. It cannot be understood. We may superficially say, yes, yes, I understand how everything is one with God, but at the same time different because we are the energy and he is the energetic source. It's easy to say that, but do you really comprehend what that means? You cannot. The material brain cannot comprehend this principle truly of being simultaneously one and different than God. Therefore, it is called achintya beta beta tattva. It is inconceivably, God is inconceivably one and different from all his creation. And what does that mean? That word inconceivable, achintya, is so important. It means it is only conceivable by the grace of God. 
And this is the basic principle of bhakti. And this is what Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has taught. If it was conceivable, we could figure out this highest understanding of Vedanta by our own fertile brains. But because it's inconceivable, and that's the first word of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's description of his philosophy, inconceivable, it means we can never figure it out. We can never understand it. It is only by pleasing Krishna, by pleasing the spiritual master, that Krishna reveals the truths of how we are simultaneously one and different from him. It is something that must be revealed by the Lord himself. And this concept of achintya beta beta tattva is of vital importance to understand for all Vaishnavas of the Gaudiya line. Because factually there is no philosophical argument that can be presented by any classes of men that cannot be properly dealt with if we simply understand this principle of achintya beta beta tattva. Because all truths of all philosophies are included within this principle of achintya beta beta tattva. And it establishes in the most complete manner the absolute need to surrender to the personality of Godhead. Sarva dharman puritya mam ekam sharanam braja aham tvam sarva papibhyo moksha Abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender to me. I shall protect you from all sinful reactions. Do not fear. It is through this surrender only that the inconceivable makes himself conceivable. There's no other way. No other way. No other way. Yo vashishyeta som yasyaham indicates that the Lord is the balance that exists after the dissolution of the creation. The spiritual manifestation never vanishes. It belongs to the internal energy of the Supreme Lord and exists eternally. When the external manifestation is withdrawn, the spiritual activities in Goloka and the rest of the Vaitukuntas continue, unrestricted by material time, which has no existence in the spiritual world. Therefore, in Bhagavad Gita, it is said, Yad gatva na vidartante tadhama paramamama. The abode from which no one returns to this material world is the supreme abode of the Lord. Srila Prabhupada is here explaining how the difference between the material energy and the spiritual energy. The material energy and the spiritual energy are both eternal. The difference is the spiritual, within the material energy, all manifestations are temporary, but the energy itself is eternal. And the spiritual energy is eternal, but all manifestations within it are also eternal. The difference between Yoga Maya and Mahamaya. It is really on a higher level. On a lower level, we say that they are two energies. But on a higher level, we understand that they are one energy that is just being manifested in, manifested in two ways. Mahamaya, 
or Durga Devi is she that conducts all the affairs within this material world to keep everyone in illusion. And in the spiritual world, Yogamaya, that same energy in her representation in the spiritual world, is creating illusions only to increase the loving affairs between Krishna and his devotees. Recently we were in one beautiful holy place of Brajadham between Nandagang and Barsana. It is known as Sanket. And Sanket is a place where Sri Sri Radha and Krishna would meet in a very, very intimate, loving mood. It is described that that place of Sanket was such a thick forest that the light of the sun could not even go through to touch the ground. It was always very dark and very quiet and very peaceful. And such a holy place that no males were allowed to enter into that. It was only the most confidential of the gopis, the sakis, manjaris, and even cowherd boys, cowherd men, even Balaramji, they would never feel themselves fit to come into that forest of Sanket. And even the gopis who do not, did not have the most specially intimate relationship with Sri Radhika, they would never come into Sanket. And there is one murti there, Sanket Devi. And she is, the, she is the predominating goddess of Sanket. And if you see the murti, she's, the, she's Durga with eight arms and everything like that. But she's in that manifestation of Yoga Maya, Sanket Devi. She simply creates an atmosphere where everything is most conducive for Radha and Krishna to meet. That was a favorite meeting place of Radha and Krishna. So it is described that they would have certain signals of where to meet, when to meet, how to meet. And of course they met in very secret arrangements. So Sanket Devi, would, who was the controller of the nature of Yogamaya, she would create wonderful phenomena just to help Radha and Krishna meet to, to, to one another. For instance, the moon in the sky. She would create a beautiful smiling face on the moon, facing in a certain, eyes looking in a certain direction. And Radha and Krishna, when they would look at the moon at night, they were not supposed to leave the house, they would see that when the smiling face would come on the moon, this was the time to meet, and if the direction the moon was facing, looking, they would go there. Similarly, sometimes she would create, during the day, double or triple rainbows in the sky. <coughs> this would be the signal, ah, Radha and Krishna would come together. So you see, the Yogamaya potency is nature, but that presiding deity over nature is simply in Vrindavan creating wonderful, wonderful arrangements for Radha and Krishna to meet, for all the devotees to find great pleasure in Krishna's loving service. Whereas that same energy in this material world, which is actually a separated energy in the sense it appears different, is creating so many illusions just to keep people in the darkness of bondage. We look at the moon and we think, oh, it appears this way, but what actually is it? 
That is why we don't, we cannot take very seriously what the scientists discover. Because whatever they're seeing is under the spell of Maya. When we read the Srimad Bhagavatam, we find that the description of the universe is much different than it is by the scientists. But there, everything they see is, is, is being disguised by the spell of Maya. Shukadeva Goswami is explaining the Srimad Bhagavatam from, the, from a completely transcendental point of view. So obviously he's going to see something different. In other words, Yoga Maya is going to reveal something much different than Mahamaya is going to reveal. <laughs> so in this way, there are, this is the difference between the material manifestation and the spiritual manifestation. Is the Yoga Maya energy of the spiritual manifestation, everything is simply meant to increase one's remembrance and one's love for Krishna. And the energy of the material manifestation is all to try to make us it is all designed to make us forget Krishna. Yoga Maya is trying in, in all ways in the spiritual world to create an atmosphere where everybody is hankering more and more and more for the service of Krishna. And the Mahamaya energy is, is designing things in such a way that everybody is more and more trying to serve their own senses, their own lusty, passionate desires. So to understand Parashisha, that the various, the principles of the various energies of the Lord is a very, very important foundation for our spiritual understanding of life. Why are we discussing these things? Because we, we want, when we come to the divine Leela of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we want to have a very firm, solid foundation of faith in the supremacy of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami is not beginning by telling the pastimes of the Lord. He's beginning by establishing the position of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the absolute truth, as the cause of all causes, as the supreme being. After thoroughly <coughs> digesting this transcendental material, then when we hear the pastimes of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then we, with, with great awe and reverence and appreciation, we will be able to approach this highest subject matter for the purification of our hearts. Is there any questions? <coughs> what is the uh, difference between this Vishishtha Advaita and this Chintya That we will discuss in another. That's a long subject matter. Four philosophies of the Acharyas. Is there any other questions? <laughs> yes. One is voidist and one is impersonalist. What is the difference really? It's a subtle difference. Voidist is there's no mention of God. Ultimately, to become free from thoughts, become free from personality, 
just nirvana means a state of utter voidness. What Shankar Charja has done is he's defined the same thing but called it God. <laughs> Brahman. Essentially. Therefore it is explained that it is a veiled form of Buddhism. Buddhism is atheistic. Whereas Shankaracharya took an atheistic principle and put it in the name of theism. <laughs>